Hello, everyone. It's Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi podcast episode number 319 for February the 20th, 2011. I got a new job. <laughs> I'm going back to Michigan. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. It's been too long, way too long. But uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way here at the beginning of the podcast. A lot of you know that... Uh, People on the forums uh, have been kind of following this a little bit this past few days this week, and oh, it's been a long time, but I, um, starting on uh, March 7th, I will be working back in Michigan. I am moving back home. No more remote uh, podcasting in Rockford, no more apartment living, none of this. Get to go home, see Lynn, see Kaylee, and get back to my life. Get a life. <laughs> So I'm very uh, happy, kind of uh, partly sad. It's it's hard, it's hard to leave the current place. I like it there at Tester. So, uh, but this is for the best, I believe. I'll talk more about it after we get through this bit of celebration music. So Rico's going home. In my excitement uh, of telling you all about my new job, y'all, you know, what are I, you know, I still sometimes think I should live in the South, but uh, I forgot to say what the main topic for this week's podcast. I'm, I'm basically uh, have lost my mind today, and, and probably this podcast will be a little uh, disjointed at times. I, I, I hope to keep it kind of normal. But anyway, we're going to be talking about the Deep Space Nine episode, uh, Tears of the Prophets which is the uh, season finale for season six of DS9. And really uh, a big episode, lots go on in it, Lot, lots happen. I'm going to play the episode uh, while I watch it and comment on it for you. So that'll be coming up here later in uh, today's show. So <laughs> after I get through uh, the typical you know, chit-chat and announcements and, and other things like that and talk a little bit about... Uh, this job situation. I, I guess in a nutshell, there, I don't want to really spend too much time on the podcast talking about it, but uh, yep, I've got a new job. They made an offer earlier this past week. I accepted. I have told my um, current company, a tester, that I'm leaving. I told them on Friday, gave them two weeks notice. So I'm out of there. I am going back home and uh, very happy about that. And uh, like I said at the beginning, though, it's, you know, it was still a little bit of a tricky decision, lots of things to think about. And 
you know, I know once, you know, several weeks go by from now and, and I'm, you know, moved back home and I'm, I'm you know, I've got a few weeks under my belt in the new job, I, I'm sure that everything will be all smooth and everything will be running and, and feeling pretty good at that point. But now there's just kind of a lot of things to kind of deal with and, and take care of, try to figure out a way to get the, the little bit that I do have in Rockford back home. Uh, we're going to probably, uh, Lynn and I are going to meet next weekend, kind of in the middle. <laughs> we're going to each, you know, it's like that, uh, that old math problem. If a train leaves Detroit uh, traveling west at uh, 62 miles per hour, and another train leaves Chicago traveling east at 45 miles an hour, when will they meet and how long will it take and all that? Yes, we're going to do that. Not by train, but we're going to meet kind of in the middle. I'm going to pass off kind of a load of stuff from my car, and then that should take care of it until I finally move on uh, probably March, what is it, the 4th, like that last uh, Friday that of that uh, first week of March there, because I'm due at the new job on March 7th. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. The new company's kind of a an environmentally or uh, environmental uh, not environmentally <laughs> an environmental more uh, company that deals with a lot of regulations and things. I'm going to be doing coatings work there, and I don't want to again say a whole lot uh, just in the general podcast. If you are interested and you are not a forum member. Uh, I do talk a little bit more about it in more detail on the forum in the members only section. So just go over to treksinsci-fi.com, sign up for the forums, and you can learn all the uh, intricate details. It's not really all that amazing. It's it's a much bigger company that I've worked for in, in, in a while, though. There's about 500 people there. Approximately maybe a 45-minute or so drive from my home in Michigan each day, uh, each way. Uh, so it's a bit uh, more to drive, although that's what I used to have when I was at the previous company before I started this Rockford thing. So that's uh, that's about it. And I think I'm going to leave it at that uh, for now. But uh, Lynn's, of course, uh, real happy. I think she's even more relieved than I am. I think it uh, she doesn't really let on as much, uh, I think, and kind of hides things to some degree in terms of how hard this was the last year or so. But I know she's uh, feeling pretty, pretty relieved right now about the whole deal. And uh, that will be, uh, you know, not having to do this, you know, living and working in two different places craziness that it's been but uh it's hard to believe it's been as long as it has sometimes although i think it's gone by kind of quickly in a way too so that's it i'm going to take a short break to sort of break up uh, my or uh, switch gears and, and get back onto sci-fi and, and and things i'll talk a little bit about news and and the usual things after this short break and then we'll get into the ds9 episode i'm jen geffinger I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Kurt Geppinger. And we are the SeekerCast, a podcast for fans of the TV series Legend of the Seeker. We are a community-based podcast that works to keep you up to date on some of the best news, forum discussions, and interviews in the Seeker fandom. We also do a recap and in-depth discussion of each episode. I thought it was very rich, the story. I was afraid it was going to be a little trite, but this really played out to be a very powerful episode in my mind. The whole episode did kind of stay one step ahead. I, I felt like I kept having to catch up and try and figure out what was going on, which I like that. that it's not predictable, so that, that made me very happy the way it was done. And also, you know, correcting the mistake they made on the Sisters of the Light in Season 1. <laughs> <sighs> that was the only thing in Season 1 that I cannot forget. It's okay, though, because we're staying focused on the series, right, Kurt? So tune in to The Seeker Cast at theseekercast.com or subscribe through iTunes. Anyone else want to question my orders? All right, no more job talk. Yes, I will not do it. No, no, I'm not. You can't make me. (laughs) 
Okay, what's going on in the world of uh, geeky things, um, Star Trek and other uh, stuff? Uh, a few things. One, uh, if you want to watch the Star Trek animated series uh, streaming, if you don't happen to have the DVDs handy, I don't know if you can watch that streaming via Netflix or not. I've never really looked at that stuff. I don't usually look at Trek on Netflix just because I own all of the, the DVDs and, and that. But you can watch it. Just go over to StarTrek.com, and you can watch both... Um, Let's see, the original series, you can watch Enterprise, and you can watch the animated series all streaming online over at uh, the, the main website uh, for Star Trek, StarTrek.com. Uh, for some reason, they still don't have TNG, DS9, uh, Voyager on there for streaming. You can watch like previews for the episodes, but not, I think, the episodes themselves yet. Even though there are certainly lots of other ways to see that stuff online. But uh, that, anyway, the, the big thing, I guess, and a lot of people have maybe never even had a chance to check out the Star Trek animated series, and it's it's really good. You know, of course, it's based on the original series characters. It sort of picked up after the um, three years of, uh, you know, episodes that they did for TOS. You know, there's not a whole lot of connection to the, to the original series except, of course, the characters. They do bring back a couple of characters guests and things uh, from the original series in the animated series but the stories are pretty well done I, you know the animation is, it was done in the early 70s so the animation is certainly not the way it can be done these days but i think the episodes have some pretty good stories they had some writers for uh, for the animated series that worked on the original series so it's it, again if you've never had a chance to check it out uh, you should definitely take a look at a few episodes I, in the past I, I used to um, or have done some podcasts related to specific episodes from the animated series and I'll, I'll probably do some more sometime in the future but uh, well worth a look and you know the, the kind of the thing that's kind of fun about them is is they're you know relatively short they were only half hour episodes so they were only maybe 20 maybe 21, 22 minutes-ish or so of real, uh, you know, content. So, you know, that's something you can pop on while you're eating lunch or something someday and, and, and watch an episode pretty easily. So that's kind of nice. Uh, let's see, what else? New um, collectibles coming. If you're at least in the U.K., and I, you probably can get them shipped elsewhere, but there are Star Trek bathrobes. <laughs> These uh, are done in sort of the original series style, which the original series seems to be pretty in these days with the J.J. Abrams movie rebooting that and other things. But anyway, these robes from the U.K. are in gold. I think you can get gold, blue, and red, I believe. Pretty sure. So uh, they can be found. Uh, you can get information on this over at trekmovie.com. They've got a story on this about these robes. They've got a little... Um, they're really actually pretty nice looking. They're they're in the color again of the tunic uniforms from the original series. They've got sort of a, a black uh, band around them to kind of, you know kind of like the black collars on the uniforms head, and then you've got a little insignia, and they even put some some gold uh, command you know whatever. Uh, rank you were what am i trying to say <laughs> what am i trying to say rank braid on the sleeves as well so even though of course i'm a big trek fan i, I don't know i I'm, i might be tempted to get one of these but i'm not much of a bathrobe wearer i've never been the only time i ever feel like wearing something like that is if i'm not feeling good you know and you're chilled or whatever and then i'll just grab a blanket and fling it around my uh shoulders but uh but these robes look pretty nice and if i was a bathrobe kind of guy like you know Hugh Hefner or whatever uh, 
You know, why, why is it that I think about Hugh Hefner when I think of bathrobes? Something's wrong there. <laughs> but anyway, you can get these um, starting. It looks like later this year, a couple months before they're going to be released everywhere. Uh, according to this, uh, you can get them, uh, I think, through Think Geek also. Oh, no, wait, that's Star Wars bathrobes. I'm sorry, I'm just reading through this article. Anyway, look at the trekmovie.com store and you'll be able to learn about it. Um, I think there's not a whole lot of other Trek news that I wanted to pass on right now. Most of it you've heard uh, in the past uh, few weeks. You know, the script is still being finished up and that. Uh, so there are. Um, not a lot of other truck stories, but I'll, I'll just pass on some other things that related to what I've been watching this past week or so. Uh, Fringe, Smallville, The Clone Wars, uh, all, all all great. I'll, I'll still just putting out some great episodes this year. Smallville's last season I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, they finally, this most recent episode of Smallville, this isn't, I don't think, too much of a spoiler. They've done this a few times in the past on the show, but it looks like it's becoming a little bit more important, and they, they try to make it... In this last episode, a more important thing is that Clark is finally starting to wear some glasses and hide his sort of identity uh, in in the show, you know, when he's not being, uh, they don't call him Superman yet, they call him the Blur, but uh, they kind of brought that up to a head because he's been doing a little bit more uh, saves around the world and he's becoming, you know, photographed and filmed a little bit more and it's it's quickly becoming obvious that he, he needs to have some kind of a disguise. And it was kind of a, I thought they did it pretty good. They even emphasized or he even made a comment in the show about how they tried to get around like, oh gosh, wearing a pair of glasses won't really disguise you very well. Lois and him are talking about this on the show. And she, or he says, I think Clark says this, he says, they, you know, he says, well, it's not just that. He He has to sort of change his demeanor and his, his attitude a little bit, you know, sort of be the mild-mannered reporter, become that, because really on Smallville, Clark has always been pretty much the same, whether he's saving people or Clark. He's never been this sort of milk-toast, mild-mannered kind of guy like traditional, you know, Superman slash Clark Kent has been, especially when you think about, like, the Christopher Reeve movies for the most part when he was Clark. He was very, you know, de, you know, demure. Is that the right word? Yeah. You know, you guys know what I mean. I mean, he 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 would put on this sort of more heroic, more manly, I guess, is a word you could use when he was Superman versus when he's Clark. And, and Smallville, they've never really done that. And he, he comes up and he says this, you know, besides just wearing the glasses, he has to sort of change his attitude and his his way of dealing with things. And there is a little scene in the episode where they, they that comes up. And we'll see how much this continues throughout the rest of the season. But I, I liked it. I thought that worked. And it um, it's good that they're finally moving towards that after 10 seasons of this. And it, it's it's been a long time uh, in coming. He's like, I think Tom Welling, who plays him, who I like a lot in the part, is in his middle 30s now or so, something like that. I know he started uh, the series, even though he was still playing himself uh, in high school. I think he was in his early 20s. So, yeah, he's got he's got to be like 30, maybe 32, 33, 34 in there or something like that. But anyway, uh, Smallville I, I like a lot. Fringe is on Friday nights. I'm kind of really getting in the groove of watching Fringe on Friday nights. I, you know, Smallville's on, and then I switch over to Fox and watch Fringe, and it's it's a good, it feels good on Friday nights. And and I've been hearing the ratings have been pretty good, although I, I guess maybe not good enough because I'm also hearing it it's still possible we may not get another season of fringe it's debatable or or i guess the ratings are good but they're maybe not as great as they would hope 
I don't know how they make those decisions. You know, what is the cutoff? You know, there's all you look through history on on TV and a lot of shows that have you know, mediocre ratings have been renewed, and you can see other shows that had even a lot better ratings that have been canceled. So there's no set formula for it, really. You know, obviously, if a show is really down in the ratings, you don't expect it to come back. But uh, so, uh, you know, support Fringe as much as you can. And other shows that are on right now, and I think I talked a little bit about this on last week's podcast. I know I did because I was trying to drum up people to watch, like, The Cape you know, and then that, which I'm still enjoying. I don't know. I, I don't ha- have a lot of hope for it coming back, but, I, you know, it would be nice if it had got another season. The other show that's in danger is V. Uh, that, um, you know, that show is 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 getting pretty good and pretty interesting. It, I've been kind of mixed on it, but uh, the last few episodes, they're really kind of amping things up. And I, I think that's important, and I think it's good. I hope that they do that, continue to do that, because, they, they really shouldn't be holding much back right now because it, it's in, you know, another show that's in danger of not coming back next year. Uh, on the, let's see, uh, for new things popping up in the news and shows, they finally, uh, you know, the, this new Wonder Woman series, it's going to be coming on NBC, I guess, next next year. I think in the fall it's supposed to start. I'm not positive about that part, but uh David E. Kelly, I think, is working on it. Anyway, they cast the main uh, character of Wonder Woman slash a couple other parts she's playing, uh, her alter egos. But uh, this, I think her name is Adrienne Pilecki. Is that how you say it properly? She's on uh, or has been on a few things. Friday Night Lights, I believe, is is one. She was in that movie Legion. Uh, she was the pregnant girl that worked at the little diner, if you saw that movie. Uh, I think she's got a, a pretty good look for the part. Not bad. I would have still preferred Bridget Regan from A Legend of the Seeker. Uh, she has, a, to me, a more classic Wonder Woman look to her. But uh, but anyway, I'm sure I'll still watch this show. But it is coming on NBC, so hopefully hopefully they'll do a good job with it and it'll, it'll you know take off and and do well in the ratings because you know we lost heroes and the cape has not been doing all that great in the ratings and it's uh you know for them to do another comic book type uh, tv series to me is still well they're still trying i guess so uh, we'll see how that turns out uh, uh next year or or i guess next tv season on nbc uh what else clone wars clone wars has just been great i, I i'm loving it uh, they had this one episode uh past friday called the citadel which involved rescuing a a jedi that had been captured on this in this prison that was specifically designed to kind of hold jedi and keep people out and and it was it was just really well done uh we we got to see uh uh, a little bit of tarkin as a young person or younger person and there's also some news over at starwars.com of another uh original trilogy character that's going to be popping up on uh, the uh, Clone Wars here soon in the season finale, I believe, the one-hour season finale, which I think is targeted for, I still think we're more than a month away. I thought I saw it was going to be early April uh, before that was going to be shown, but uh, I'm not going to spoil it if you want to learn. it'll be, It's right over on StarWars.com. I guess it's it, we, we had a little thing going on the forum this past week uh, or a few days ago about this and it, whether it was much of a spoiler or not, and then eventually... The, the cat was out of the bag and it, it's not to, it's more of he's going to be in it you know I, I consider I guess there you know there's all different kinds of ways of, of, of spoilers and stuff some people may not need or want to, or not really need but want to know anything and others 
you know, somewhere in between. Having a character pop up like this, I don't think is that huge of a deal. I would consider spoilers, you know, some spoilers more like plot points, like if there was a big, you know, like on some TV show that you really like that and they were going to like kill off someone on the show or something like that was going to happen, I think would be um, would be a big thing. And I guess for me, sometimes some of those things, if you know about it ahead of time, it can kind of lose some of its dramatic impact when you finally see it in the show. Uh, and even this announcement of this uh, original trilogy character when you when you see this this character on uh, the Clone Wars, if you didn't know this was happening or going to happen, uh, it, you know it might be a little bit more of an impact. It might be a little bit more fun for you than knowing it weeks in advance. But the internet is uh, it's kind of hard to avoid some of this stuff, and especially for myself doing podcasts and checking out forums. But no biggie. Anyway, uh, what else? I think that's that covers things pretty well. I haven't really seen anything sci-fi-ish for movies lately. Uh, they've got a few things coming, though. This Drive Angry movie uh, is coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. That's sort of got a fantasy element to it. Um, there's this, oh, I, I know, I think the one just came out, I Am Number 4, that movie. I'm kind of mixed on whether I'm going to go see that in the theater or not. I, I probably will wait, I believe, to uh, see it on DVD sometime. But uh, it looks good. It looks pretty good. And, and I, uh, I'd, I'd like to see it at some point. But I don't know. It's, it's going to be kind of busy for me anyway the next couple of weeks. So uh, that is about it. I think I'm going to take another break here. And then we're going to get into, I'll come right back and we'll start the deep, did the, <laughs> we will start the Deep Space Nine episode, Tears of the Prophets, and I will comment as we watch it, or I, as you listen, and as I watch it together. Eleven teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win $1 million on The Amazing Race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our new show, the Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week, and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. So after you've gotten your geeky goodness fix from Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi, check out the Fast Forward podcast in iTunes, and we'll see you at the Fast Forward. Live long and prosper. Oh, I just realized one thing. Before we get into the episode, the Deep Space Nine episode, uh, I have to um, announce our uh, contest winner. I, last week on the podcast, I announced a contest uh, for a, uh, a double pack, a double Blu-ray set of the first season of Space 1999 on Blu-ray and the full season of uh, The Prisoner on Blu-ray. And, of course, uh, we had a podcast by uh, Hawkeye Meds, by Meds, uh, a while back. And I, and I think it, it basically kind of slipped my mind. I did listen to that show, but, you know, after 320-ish podcasts, they start to blend. And uh, I still still love The Prisoner and, and, and Space 1999, just fantastic. And I, I've read some reviews of these Blu-ray sets, and they're supposed to be really sharp and uh, just make the effects even on these slightly older shows, especially Space 1999 with all the eagles and the space battles and things like that, make them really, really pop and really shine. What I have here is I have a list of people who entered the contest. The, the thing is you had to send me an email saying, I am not a number, and uh, get that email to me before I did this week's podcast. 
and I've got a list and since I don't have any dice with me I've gone to random.org for this random number generator and I decided just sort of randomly I'm going to click it four times sometimes with these mathematical uh, type random number number generators I've always found that if you take the first entry it's kind of sometimes give you a weird thing so I've just decided to, as a random little thing in my own head I'm just going to click the random button four times so click 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 is that three? Oh, I'll do one more four okay it's oh it's number one on my list for the winner who is oh it's Rick Moyer our song master <laughs> our parody song master Rick Moyer you are the winner of these blu-ray sets fantastic uh, well congratulations Rick I uh, I know you guys will uh, over there in uh, Washington will very much appreciate these things. Uh, shoot me an email. I know I have your address somewhere, but shoot me an email, and then I can just e easily forward it on to the people so they can ship you out your Blu-ray set. So congratulations to Rick uh, at winning that contest. I've got another little contest going too for for people. Uh, this is more for forum members because I announced it there. So hop over the forums. You still got a week for this one, but it's an Oscar contest where you uh, have to pick the, uh, predict at least who do you think the winners are for. I think it was the the main categories for the Academy Awards coming up in one week, which is only, uh, yeah, it's on February the 27th. So I'll need all those entries in by next uh, week on the, um, well, before the Academy Awards. That one I'll just You've got till the Academy Awards start to get me those. I'm not. I won't be announcing that on next week's podcast. Next week's podcast is going to be a guest show anyway, with uh, Meds doing a, a a podcast on the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that's coming up next week. Anyway, so there's the contest info and and winner of Rick Moyer. And now into Tears of the Prophets, Deep Space Nine's season six finale. All right, here we go. Tears of the Prophets. Tweak the volume here, hopefully get it set right for you guys. Well, it looks like the festival was a big success. Oh, everyone seemed to enjoy it. Thank you, Captain. For what? For insisting that the festival take place in spite of the fact that we're in the middle of a war. A war or no war, we have a lot to be grateful for. And we must remember that. Yes, we must. Shouldn't you be heading over to the wardroom for the ceremony? And another thing I always liked about Cisco's character is, you know, being a family guy and uh, children and Maurice, everything. I've been looking for you. Yeah, well, I really don't feel like talking to you right now. Obviously, Jake being his son helps no. quite a bit on that. Someone has to maintain order on the promenade. You arrested a Vedic. I'd hardly call it an arrest. He wasn't in the holding cell for more than an hour. Besides, he broke the law. Fundraising on the promenade without a license is strictly forbidden. Station Regulation 1526, Paragraph 7. Vedic Solis was raising funds for Bajoran flood victims. A very worthy cause. Nevertheless, station regulations are quite I clear. I don't care about station regulations. Ah, uh, Odo, you got to be a little bit more flexible. Is, is that the orb of contemplation? Goodbye. Captain Benjamin Lafayette Sisko, in recognition of your remarkable leadership and meritorious conduct against the enemy, and in particular for personal acts of bravery displayed during the battle to retake Deep Space Nine, Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Congratulations, Ben. Thank you, Admiral. 
think I knew him when he was just a callow youth. Oh, I bet even that he showed signs of greatness. I'm proud of you, Dad. <laughs> now, if uh, you would all excuse us, I'd like a few words with the captain. Good news, Ben. The Starfleet command has decided we've been waging a defensive war long enough. They figure we're never going to win this thing unless we take the fight into Dominion territory. No, I know. I know you've been saying that since the Romulans opened a second front with the Dominion. It took a while, but your message finally got through. Well, when do we go? That all depends on you. Me? That's right, Ben. Starfleet has chosen you to plan the invasion of Cardassia. Well, yeah, of course, because it's his show. It's his uh, station, you know. Well, of course, it's going to be him, you know, right? All right, let's, um, during this opening, I'll dial this down a little bit. Give you some, uh, give you some background a little bit more on this uh, particular episode, DS9. It uh, was written by Ira Stephen Bear, who was one of the main writers on DS9, and Hans Beemler, uh, directed by Alan Croker. It is, or was, the last episode of Season 6. It was first aired on June 17th, 1998. Wow, it's hard to believe it was that long ago. This episode, uh, it's got a, a lot going for it. Of course, the, the big thing... Let me uh, dial this music down just a little bit even more. Of course, the big thing that happens at the end of season six in, in this particular episode is the is the death of Dax, uh, and it was known, if I recall correctly, going back in time and remembering around the time when this um, series uh, was first airing, that it was known that Terry Farrell was leaving the series at the end of season six. So it was known for a while that uh, you know her character something would have to happen. She'd either they'd have to write her character out of the series. Or something, you know, dramatic like kill her off would have to happen. And, you know, her character with, you know, the symbiote and all that and, and the fact that she knew Cisco a long time, you know, they they did an interesting thing by basically, you know, they killed her, the host. But later, of course, we all know they brought uh, Esri in in Season 7. So it was kind of an interesting and, and, and sort of opportunity to have the character still stick around but in sort of a different way you know which uh which you can't really do that on, a, on another type of tv show very easily so uh i like the way that they were able to do that part at least i've been waiting 20 minutes for you two to get out of that hollow suite i'm sorry julian we lost track of time doing what you were supposed to be up there exercising i don't see any sweat where are all the bruises the the, the broken bones the blood we were talking an hour and 45 minutes it is a private matter. We're thinking about having a baby. It was a private matter. <laughs> Worf. Report to ops immediately. Always got a good thing. So, uh, you know, Worf and Jadzia telling uh, Quark and, and Julian about this. But, uh, you know, they're not exactly super happy about that because they both have a thing for Dax. I told you before you were married that... From a medical point of view, it wouldn't be easy for a Trill and a Klingon to have a child. And I'm worried the kid will end up looking like his father. Well, I hope she does. A baby. 
bad enough, she married that Klingon psychopath. A baby, do you have any idea what that means? That their marriage is going to last a lot longer than we thought. Five squadrons of Jemadar attack ships. And that's kind of one of the things that makes this episode even a little harder, of course, because they're talking about a, a baby, and of course we know what happens to Dax by the end of the episode. It's uh, makes it even more heart-wrenching. Now all we have to do is to convince the Romulans to join us. So Sisko's going over his plan here with Martok, the Klingon leader. That will not be an easy task. They're an arrogant and untrustworthy people. I always like Martok a lot. Just just very, very Klingon, but, but reasonable, we will too. succeed, not by words. By this time next year, the three of us will drink blood wine in the halls of Cardassia's Central Command. Yeah, and they, you know... That's a good line because they knew that was coming. They really pretty much knew they were going to have one more season of Deep Space Nine. So, And they also knew that they wanted to wrap up the war sort of towards the end of the season. Until we find a way to bring reinforcements from the Gamma Quadrant, we have to make do with what we have. Besides, we needed new ships. Now we're over here with Wayun and, and, in doing so, and Damar. Talk a system vulnerable. Not as vulnerable as you think. We don't need starships to protect Chintaka, not anymore. These are our new unmanned orbital weapon platforms. The hulls are protected by regenerative force fields. And their arsenals consist of a thousand plasma torpedoes. Ooh, that's uh, that's a lot of torpedoes, isn't it? Already ordered their deployment. Major Tamar, excuse the interruption, but we have a problem. What kind of a problem? Oh, Gul Dukat. Well. Isn't anyone going to welcome me home? Heroes get welcomed home, Dukat, not failures. Or have you forgotten that under your leadership, the Dominion nearly lost this war? As I recall, Weyoun, you were standing right by my side, agreeing with every decision I made. If you're here because of what happened to your daughter... Damar, you disappoint me. I would have thought you, of all people, would be glad to see your old mentor. I don't hold you responsible for Ziel's death. You may have fired the phaser, but it was Benjamin Sisko who forced your hand. And that's why I'm here. The time has come for me to take my revenge against the good captain. <laughs> We're in the middle of a life and death struggle for the control of the entire Alpha Quadrant, and all you care about is quenching your petty thirst for revenge. You haven't changed a bit, have you? On the contrary, I'm a new man. I no longer have a need for conquest or power. I'm far beyond all that. I exist in a state of complete clarity. A clarity I intend to share with the universe. You're right, dear God, you have changed gone from being a self-important egotist to a self-deluded madman. I hardly call that an improvement. I don't have time for this. Remove him. Wait! Why did you come? Isn't that obvious? To give you what you desire above all else. The Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> all I need is a certain Bajoran artifact. 
One of the many the Cardassians appropriated during the occupation. And how is this artifact going to help us? Don't give it to him. Don't do Let's it. Let's just say Don't do it. it will make it possible for Dominion reinforcements to come through that wormhole and destroy Captain Benjamin Sisko and the Federation once and for all. Right, now we're seeing sort of the fleet uh, organizing here, Romulan ships. Klingon jackal to call me a coward. Apparently this jackal has more courage than the entire Romulan Senate. Yeah, you see my point? General, you must try to remain calm. This is not the time for calm. It's time to strike the enemy and strike them hard! We have found their weak point, now we need to exploit it. But this Patar would rather sit home and count his dead! If we invade Cardassia now, all we'll do is count our dead. Gentlemen, please! We're allies, remember that! What good is an ally? We'll stab you in the back! Notice the primitive rage in his eye, the uncontrolled brutality? <laughs> Klingons can be quite entertaining, can't they? This is a David Burney as the Romulan uh, leader. Save your anger for the Dominion. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind at this point in the war that they, the Dominion hasn't really ever been able to pull in a lot of reinforcements or any, I think, through the wormhole. So that what Ducat's plan was is 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 pretty helpful. And I continue to find them premature. Let the Dominion continue to send its fleets against us, and we will annihilate them one by one. And they'll continue to rebuild their ships and send more. The Dominion breed Jemadar faster than we can destroy them. The only way to achieve a lasting victory. Yeah, sounds a lot like the Clone Wars, huh? Their shipyards, their weapons plants, to force them to retreat deeper and deeper into their own territory until our ships can surround their headquarters on Cardassian Prime and they will have no choice but to surrender. I know it won't be easy. I know that we will pay a heavy price for every system we take from them. But in the end, that's the only way to drive the Dominion out of the Alpha Quadrant, and that is the goal we all share. Klingons! Humans! There was a quite a bit of a different story for this episode to begin with. It was originally going to be more of an episode aboard the Defiant, and uh, they, were, they were going to basically uh, have a battle and... and Dax was going to get killed uh, trying to uh, stop Dukat in the wormhole itself rather than what happens. So now we have uh, our buddy Vic Fontaine. And I think I'm going to sneeze, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not. I tried to cover up. Sorry about that. Bless them all. Hey, Tom, Dick, and Harry, coming out of the rain. Those torches you carry must be drowned in champagne. 
Here's the last toast of the evening Here's to those who still believe All the losers will be winners All the givers shall receive Here's to trouble-free tomorrows May your sorrows all be small Here's to the losers Here's to the losers Here's to the losers Bless them all So, that was great. Big. So it's we not have one of the most requested songs in my repertoire, but I'm glad you liked it. Cork and uh, so, Bashir sort of drowning their sorrows uh, here with uh, Vic Fontaine's. This wouldn't be about Dax's baby, would it? What is she a telepath? No, I'm a hologram. Yeah, a very smart one. It's simple. You take one beautiful, happily married filly, add the possibility of her giving birth to a foal, and what's it leave you? A couple of love sick stallions that never got out of the starting gate. Do you have any idea what he's talking about? <laughs> I got news for you guys. It's time to move on to greener pastures. It's tough to lose a woman like Dax. I hate to break it to you, Pally, but you lost her a long time ago. You both did. But lucky for you, space is big. There are a lot of other nice girls out there with or without spots, capiche? That's it? That's supposed to cheer us up? The truth shall set you free. You feel any better? A little. How about you? I guess. Good. Because you were starting to depress the band. Well, thanks, Vic. We appreciate the advice. I like this place. I may drop by more often. Anytime, Pally. Anytime. That would have been kind of interesting if Vic had ever sung at Quarks. That would have been kind of uh, cool. Put some kind of holographic emitter in there. and I'm a journalist, Dad, remember? Well, that may be true, but you're not going, Jake. But, Dad, we're talking about the invasion of Cardassia. A savage thrust into the very heart of the Dominion. But <laughs> that's not how I would write it. That's a relief. But you're still not going, son. I have to go. It's my job. Now, if you don't want me on the Defiant, fine. Uh, I'll go with General Martok. Get the story from a Klingon perspective. All right, Jake. The Defiant it is. So when do we leave? Just keep your bags packed. Yes, sir. Nice little uh, trick there for, you know, uh, I, I want to go, and, well... Probably feels like he'd be a lot safer with him on the Defiant, you know. Keep him close, but we'll watch out for each other. Yeah, I don't think I could take my kid with me into a, a battle and a war like that, uh, whether they were a journalist or whatever. The Cisco is a Bajor. It is where he belongs. It is where he is meant to be. Are you telling me not to go to Cardassia? The Cisco is of Bajor. It is dangerous to walk a different path. Dangerous in what way? He's seeing now a vision the of the prophets. The chosen path. The Cisco is of Bajor. It is where he belongs. Why is it dangerous to leave? And how will it affect Bajor? 
You have to tell me. So they're basically the prophets giving him a little bit of a warning, like don't leave, don't leave, something is going to happen, you need to be here. Cardassians call them orbital weapon platforms. Intelligence reports indicate the Dominion has placed hundreds of them throughout the chain. You know, Cisco's always had a little trouble quite doing no, exactly what the prophets wanted of him. Before they are. Two, maybe three days. So, it would appear that your weak spot is about to become much stronger. <laughs> leave it to a Romulan to run at the first sign of trouble. And leave it to a Klingon to leap to the wrong conclusion. The Romulan Empire has agreed to join the invasion of Cardassia, and we live up to our agreements. The only question is, can the invasion be launched before the defensive grid is activated? We'll have to leave first thing in the morning. Then it's settled. Good luck, gentlemen. Good luck to all of us. Romulans don't believe in luck. All the better. Leaves more for the rest of us. Yeah, J.G. Hertzler again as Martok. Uh, Fantastic uh, job. Well, I always loved his makeup, too, with the eye all, gar you know, scarred up and gone. The wormhole aliens. They spoke to me last night. I hope they gave the mission their blessing. They told me not to go to Cardassia, that I should stay here. Did they give you a reason? Nothing concrete. Just that it's too dangerous. In what way? Dangerous to you, to the mission, to Bajor? I'm not sure. What is it you're telling me, Ben? You want permission to stay behind? It's not about what I want. It's about what the prophets want. That's not a good enough answer, not from a Starfleet captain. The prophets don't see me as a Starfleet captain. They see me as their emissary. That's the problem, isn't it? For the past six years, you've tried to be both. Yep. Up to now, I've been patient. I've indulged you. I've gone out on a limb for you many times. Yeah, but this it's is it. tricky. You've got to make a decision. You are either the emissary or a Starfleet captain. You can't be both. I'll be on the Defiant Bridge at 0500. Yep. You know, that's, that's his calling. That's what he's really built for, made for, trained for. So it makes sense for him to do that. You think they'll head for the Chintaka system? I would. Well then, we have nothing to worry about. The weapon platforms will be operational in time to greet them. That's a very comforting thought, if it's accurate. I'll make sure that it is. Gentlemen, I hope I'm not interrupting. What is it now to come? I found it. Behold, the key to victory. Yeah, so Ducat's walking in this. He's got this box in his hand, kind of ornate, uh, wooden. Well, you won't be for long. Over the past few months, I've immersed myself in the study of the Bajoran ancient texts. And I've come to realize that the wormhole is much more than the gateway to the Gamma Quadrant. It's the temple of the prophets. It's from there that they smile benevolently down on Bajor. It's from there that they protect that world and its people. 
The sad truth is, we wasted our time fighting the Bajorans when we should have been fighting their gods. How do you fight a god? I'll show you. You see, we have an ally we never knew we had. You may want to step back. Dara, Tolka. He pulls out this little, like, statue out of this box, and now he's chanting to it. He lit a few can candles, too. And then he snaps the uh, statue, and then this sort of energy blasts into Dukat, and his eyes are all red now. Your concern is touching. Unnecessary. So he's sort of been, uh, you know, they don't know it exactly at that point, but he's sort of been possessed by a paw wraith. Easy. Uh, a little. Uh, I'm leaving with the task force first thing in the morning. I heard. And? And I'm sorry I arrested him. I was simply trying to do my duty, but I can see how it might have seemed excessive. Well, what are you talking about? Vedek Solus. That's why you're here, isn't it? No, but now I know why you've been avoiding me for the past few days. I haven't been avoiding you. I've been helping you to avoid me. Why would I want to do that? Because you don't want us to be together anymore? Is that what you've been thinking? Odo, we had an argument. People have them all the time. Look at Dax and Worf. They love each other, but they fight all the time. Are you saying that you love me? Don't change the subject. Which is... <laughs> I don't even know anymore. But you're no longer angry with me? No. Odo's not but too you were wrong to good at this uh, relationship and stuff. And I thought that we so. could spend my last night on the station together. That's a wonderful idea. Then I will see you later. I look forward to that. Yeah, there's a lot of things sort of coming together in this episode, being the last of season Greece. six, and observing humanoid relationships and being in one are very different things. Like night and day. If you ask me, it's an ungodly hour to go to war. You can quote me on that. <laughs> O'Brien oh, doesn't like getting up early. You can count on it. And try to keep Julian out of trouble. Oh, now that's pushing. It's your station, old man. I'll take good care of her. Give my best to the Jemadar. Oh, I'll do that. Said a prayer at the shrine last night for the two of you. About having a baby? The prophets can be helpful in such matters. I hope they're listening. Hmm. So this is a, probably a hard scene for that? Terry Farrell because she's in a way saying goodbye to most of them. Sure, we need all the help we can get. Just remember when you get back, we have a lot of work to do. I don't consider that work. <laughs> Wish I was going with you. Yeah. You are. In here. I love it when you get romantic.
Captain on the bridge. As you were. So Worf uh, kisses uh, Jedzia goodbye, and they're off in the Defiant to. It's not every day I embark on a journey to liberate my homeworld. Ah, uh, good, we have Garrick. This is General Bartok to all ships. Assume tactical formation. We are moving out. Take us to Cardassia, Mr. Lard. Aye, sir. Lots of ships. Klingon, Romulan, Federation, all moving towards Cardassia, and hopefully success. What's the status of our weapon platforms? Still offline. Pains me to say this, but you Cardassians are proving to be quite a disappointment. I'll remind you that you said that. So they've got all these orbital platforms in place, but not quite active Looks yet. Looks like we're in luck, Captain. The defensive grid's still offline. Jim Hood, our fighter's approaching, bearing 059 Mark 031. You must know they don't stand a chance against a fleet this size. That will not matter to the Jim Hadar. Sit down, Jake. Right. Martok to Cisco. Go ahead. My attack wing is closest to those Jim Hadar fighters. Preparing to engage. Good luck, General. Some really great effects in this, in this episode. Dial the volume down here a little bit. I always thought the Jebedal were crazy. There's method to their madness. They're inflicting considerable damage on the Klingons. They're doing suicide runs, basically crashing their ships into the Klingon ships. Jeb Hadar have managed to cripple or destroy 15 of my ships. Do you need any assistance? That won't be necessary. Commence firing on the weapon platforms. Some of them are becoming active. I believe you owe me an apology. I believe you're right. Now, if Dukat can get our reinforcements through the wormhole... I'm not sure how much faith I have in this... What did he call it? Ah, wraiths and prophets. All this talk of God strikes me as nothing more than superstitious nonsense. You believe that the founders are gods, don't you? That's different. <laughs> In what way? The founders are gods. So they're taking some heavy, heavy casualties here. their force fields. Captain, I've just noted something odd about those platforms. Well, don't keep it to yourself, Mr. Garrick. Not one of them seems to have a power generator on board. He's right. Each one seems to be getting its power from a central source. We've got to find that source and destroy it. Chief, I'm on it. 
Now we're switching back to uh, Deep Space Nine. According to the DNA scans I did this morning, the ovarian resequencing enzymes I gave you appear to be working. You mean Worf and I can have a baby? Certainly looks that way. I must say, I didn't expect such positive results so early. It's quite amazing, actually. Oh, thank you, Julian. It's all part of being a doctor. Oh, no, it's more than that. You're a good friend. You always have been. And I always will be. I'd better get back to work. But first, I'm going to stop by the Bajoran Shrine. What for? Kira said a prayer for me and Worf last night. She told the prophets how much we wanted a baby. Oh, I'd say they'd been listening. That is, if you believe in the prophets. Oh, well, I do today. <laughs> so, sort of one more goodbye here, Julian. Now Jezia's in at the, uh, the temple. It was one of the orbs right there in I'm front of her. I'm not sure if I'm doing this correctly. I, I don't come here a lot. And to be perfectly honest, I feel more comfortable thinking of you as wormhole aliens. But, um... Kira believes you're much more than that. Maybe she's right. I don't know. But if you are prophets, and you're listening... So all the candles kind of blow out, blow out, and then Ducat appears. basically slammed some kind of energy into Jedzia, lifted her up off the ground, and now she's collapsed. He's still being possessed by the Pa Wraiths here, and he's opening the orb. Parath seems to have uh, entered to the orb or destroyed it. I can't quite remember or how that went. But that allowed the wormhole to open up. Dad, what is it? Captain. And then it kind of explodes. I'm not sure. I think I felt the prophets reaching out to me. Something's wrong. There was a million voices cried out and were suddenly silenced. There's a subspace power generator on a small moon orbiting the far planet. It's transmitting energy to the weapon platforms. Captain? Take it, sir, Mr. Nog. Aye, sir. Get him back to his quarters. Don't worry, Captain. We'll get the job done. Yeah, so Jezia's down, we're back on Deep Space Nine, and... I know this is small comfort, but I never intended you any harm. And 
don't remember if they explain here how Ducat really got on the station. He, he seems to have transported or beamed in, but I would have thought they would have had their shields up. Approaching the target. Yeah. On screen. So they're making their way to the power source for these uh, orbital platforms. Target blocked. Fire. We are unable to penetrate the moon's defensive grid. Sir, I have an idea. Go ahead. Maybe we can't destroy that power generator, but I bet those weapon platforms could. Why would they fire on their own power source? We'd have to fool the platform's targeting systems into thinking the generator's an enemy ship. We can use our deflector array to imprint a Federation warp signature on the generator's energy matrix. Oh yeah, that's that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, do that. Evasive <laughs> maneuvers, Mr. Nog. Pattern Theta. Yeah, they're taking a beating here, but set. booster modulator synchronized, ready to activate deflector. Do it. Yeah, of course it worked. Power source gone. All those uh, leftover weapons platforms down. Martok to Defiant. Go ahead, General. Well done, Major. We will begin transporting ground troops to both planets. Major, we're receiving a priority one transmission from Deep Space Nine. It's from Julian. Uh-oh. Bad news. This is a disaster. Federation soldiers have landed on Cardassian soil, and now you're telling me the wormhole is gone? And with it, any chance of getting reinforcements from the Gamma Quadrant? I'm well aware things didn't turn out quite the way I planned, but I assure you we still achieved a great victory. Forgive me if I don't share your euphoria. Well, you should. The Bajoran people have been cut off from their gods. Perhaps forever. How does that help us? Because Sisko has been cut off from the Prophets as well. And without the Prophets, he's just another Starfleet captain. And that's supposed to make me feel better. Oh. Believe me. I think I said earlier something about them not getting reinforcements. I, I, I was premature in that, that that happens because of the wormhole, you know, being destroyed here. And now they're back, the Defiant, and Worf goes running off towards uh, the infirmary. Emissary! My mother says all the orbs are dark, that the prophets have abandoned us. You have to find them, Emissary. You have to ask them to come back. Try. 
Yeah, they, uh, you know, had a victory out there against Cardassia, but other problems, of course, happened in place and back on Deep Space Nine. Now Julian comes out, doesn't look very happy. I managed to save the Dax symbiote. We have to get it to trail as soon as possible. says only Kronos endures all we can hope for is a glorious death only Kronos endures in death there is victory and honor but I need to talk to you one last time when I first met you you told me that my relationship with Jadzia Dax wouldn't be any different than the one I had with Curzon Dax things didn't work out that way I had a hell of a lot of fun with both of you. Curzon was my mentor. You, you were my friend, and I am going to miss you. I should have listened to the prophets and not gone to Cardassia. Then maybe you'd still be alive. Something that's made them turn their backs on Bajor and I'm responsible. And I don't know what to do about it. How to make it right again. I failed as the emissary. And for the first time in my life, I failed in my duty as a Starfleet officer. I need time to think. Clear my head. Not on the station. 
need to get away. Find a way to figure out how to make things right again. And I have to make things right again, Jotzia. I have to. So Cisco's got a little bag over his shoulder and the station's all yours, Major. She'll be here when you get back. The sleep of absence you're taking, sir. How long do you think you'll be gone? I don't know exactly. We'll be waiting. Good luck, sir. Thanks, Chief. My thanks to all of you. Landing pad C. He's afraid of that. He's not sure he's coming back. What makes you say that? His baseball. Yeah, so of course, very symbolic there with uh, Cisco taking his uh, prized little baseball with him back home. He's pretty, uh, well, with what happened with Jed Zia, really, really bothered him. At the restaurant. He wants to know when you come in. In a little while. And he's just sitting behind his uh, his father's restaurant here in New Orleans, just scrubbing some clams, trying to think. It's a good way to end this uh, this episode and the season, and dial down the uh, ending music. So yeah, Tears of the Prophets. It's kind of a difficult episode to watch in a way. Pretty emotional. Jedzia leaving or dying and uh, I guess there was a, some talk that they wouldn't do that that they would just sort of write her out or, or, or find some other way there was also several ways the the death of her was going to end one, Dukat was going to be in the wormhole with, uh, with a device that uh, like something that was going to affect the prophets inside there rather than on Deep Space Nine they were going to have a little fight and she was going to die with just being shot like with a phaser or something and a couple other alternate ways if you look over on memory alpha for this episode they'll give you some more information on that but i think that the way they did it and handled it was was pretty pretty well done you know she was caught really in the the crossfire with this paw wraith that invaded ducat and you know being her being in the temple there just because of her thanking the prophets for uh you know, being able to maybe have a baby with Worf uh, seemed kind of fitting too. And uh, you know, the battle scenes were pretty amazing. Of course, that was uh, you know for 
for the time, just top-notch effects, and they still hold up. I think it still really holds up uh, and looks great. So, uh, and you've got you, you probably have just about every DS9 you know major character in this episode too, which was pretty cool. Had a little Garrick and Wayun was in there, and Damar and Dukat, and of course you know, and all the main main cast too. So. Uh, uh, that's it, I guess. Good episode, uh, and uh, just just pretty uh, emotional and dramatic. I'm, I've got a couple of comments here. One is uh, by Will Eagle. He's up next here with his comments on Tears of the Prophets. Hello, everybody. This is Will Eagle, 1701 on the forums. And I just wanted to comment this week on D-Space-9 and the episode that Rico's covering, Tears of the Prophets. Just wanted to say that uh, I'm doing this one by the seat of my pants, so bear with me here. But I just wanted to say that these base nine is definitely my second favorite series behind TOS. I always liked the series. I thought it got better and better as the years went along. And I'd have to say Cisco and Bashir were my two favorite characters on that series. Cisco, I thought his character became better and better as the series went along as well, especially when he changed his look and then when he became captain, I just thought the character got better and better. Always enjoyed watching him whether he was on the ship whether he was on the station or tearing it up with the bad guys i just really enjoyed that character i thought avery brooks did a great job with it i also wanted to say that on the tears of the prophets i didn't care for the way that dax met her end i just didn't like the way they did that i mean i knew it was coming i knew it was going to happen i just didn't like it being from a paul wraith type thing and all that i just didn't care for that thought they could have done that a lot better since she was going to be leaving. I know there's been talk about um, her dying on that one episode that I think that wasn't covered very long ago, actually. And uh, I think that might have, might have been a better way to go. You know, and also with the... Uh, um, when they went out to the... I believe it was called the Chinaka system. I thought that was very well done. I liked the special effects in that, in those scenes when they were out there. And I just thought it was interesting the way that when Cisco found out what had happened back at the station, how they busted their rear ends back to the station. And then when they got to the uh, um, entryway, and, and I saw Cisco and Worf and them coming through, and Worf just goes busting out of there towards the infirmary. I just thought that just really grabbed at you when you saw him just running. And then at the end, of course, when you saw Cisco with her alone, very well, very well done. And then when, of course, uh, Worf at the end, also with the way that uh, he was, uh, of course, definitely upset and the way he showed his uh, love of Dax. And then when he did his uh, uh, thing at the end with the scream or the yell, whatever you want to call it, just really, really good episode. And, of course, led into another great episode at the beginning of Season 7. Again, always enjoy the podcast. I really enjoyed D Space Nine. One of these days, I hope to have them all on DVD. But right now, I just have season one. But who knows? Again, thanks again, Rico. Thanks again for the great podcast. Well, thanks, Will, for your comments. I appreciate that, and your comments on Deep Space Nine in general and on this episode. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it's a great episode, and it is hard, you know, to see what happens. You know, Worf here finally finds someone that he can like, you know, spend the rest of his life with. And you you had mentioned the uh, the episode where they went off in that mission and Jadzia uh, almost died on that mission too. And I, you know I'm still not sure. I mean I, I think I may have said at the time when I reviewed that one that I you know it might have been more dramatic and more interesting longer for um, 
for Worf if she had died on that mission where he had to, you know, has to leave her and, you know, maybe it would haunt him and, and make his character kind of in a way a little more uh, dramatic or interesting. And not that he isn't already, but, uh, you know, it, it, this is the way, that, the way they went with it. And I think it works pretty well. I don't think it was as, uh, you know, like when they killed Tasha Yar on TNG, I've always thought that that was just <laughs> terrible the way they did that. And I like Tasha. I wish that she would have been able to stick around in the show. But uh, again, that's the way it works sometimes. So next up, we've got some comments uh, from uh, Rick Moyer on this episode of Deep Space Nine. Hey, Rico, this is Rick Moyer, Moyer777 from the forums. And I wanted to just give a, a quick comment on the episode of Deep Space Nine, Tears of the Prophet, Prophets. I think that um, it is, well, DS9, just in its own right, was such a more, I think, thoughtful series than any of the other Trek spinoffs. And the only reason I say that is because it just seemed to have a lot deeper themes to it. I think the, the fact that they explored spirituality of the Bajorans and, and other races and, and the fact that they had some just really intricate type of, of uh, relationships going on within the cast... I thought that it, it just was a, a, a much more feeling type of show. And this particular episode really was dynamic in that area. I think all the way from, you know, Cisco getting uh, accommodations for bravery um, to the relationship between Kira and Odo and and just the whole trying to get the Romulans involved in the, in the uh, war with the Dominion and all that stuff was just... It was just right on on this episode, and and they packed so much into this one, and the fact that um, you know all of a sudden Cisco couldn't communicate anymore with the prophets, the wormhole aliens, and and then of course the most dynamic part of the episode was when um, when Jaxia Dax uh, passes away as a result of uh, injuries from Ducat. So that is just, I mean, it was such a touching episode, and really, you know, there weren't a lot of times the trek made me tear up but this in particular episode was one of those times you you just felt bad for Worf I really liked the Dax character um Jaxia and and I thought I just thought that she was just dynamic and it was so sad to see her pass away and and die and it's just just a real different episode but it, it left you feeling a lot of compassion for the characters and just the whole story at that point has had really become intricate and deep and i just really think that this was a great episode it was really deep space nine at its best so that's what i think about it out of five stars i give it a four and a half stars because i think it was such a good episode and i mean if you're gonna enjoy deep space nine this was one of those episodes that you really sink your teeth into and enjoy so there you go that's my take on tears of the prophets Thanks, Rico, again for everything you do on Treks and Sci-Fi. Love it, love it, love it. What a great podcast to be able to listen to each week. And what a great community of people on the forum. If you haven't joined the forum, folks, jump on in and join. It's been really neat to see some new faces and uh, get to hear some new comments from people that have been listening to the podcast for a while but hadn't joined until now. So do that. Head on over to treksandsci-fi.com. Okay, thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you, Rick, for your comments about this episode. Yeah, you're you're right. It's just fantastic. You know, Deep Space Nine is a, an awesome Trek series, uh, different than the others, but 
but uh, also, uh, you know, in a way much, like you said, more deeper and, and richer in a way that I, I, I think that we, you know, in a way we felt like we, I think all, maybe most people feel this way, that we get to know these characters uh, on DS9 probably better and feel closer to them perhaps than maybe any other Trek series. Uh, you know, you, you they really are, you know, fully rounded people and not just, you know, these characters on a TV show. And, and we really, like you said, you really feel for them and feel for, you know, when Jedzia dies here, it's just... It's just pretty sad, and uh, it's it's hard, and uh, so that uh, and um, I guess that wraps it up. <laughs> it is hard to talk about it a little bit, though. I you know sometimes I think I think the next track episode I need to do is something a little lighter. I I, I feel like I've done some pretty intense, pretty serious uh, episodes lately. I did Timeless a few weeks back, a couple weeks back, and. Uh, and it's it's uh, I think it's time for something a little on the lighter front uh, from Trek. Although you know, it, most Trek isn't really that way. I mean, there are a few lighter episodes, but uh, for the most part, it's you know it's a pretty ser- serious show. So and that's why we love it too. So okay, I think uh, that's gonna wrap it up, and I'm gonna just kind of finish things off here with uh, this uh, this episode of this podcast. The next week, I had already mentioned, but Meds, uh, just just as a reminder, Meds will be here to talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'll be back in two weeks, and at that point, I will be home podcasting again for the first time in more than a year uh, <laughs> being away. And I'm tossing around a couple different ideas for my uh, first podcast back home. I think it's going to be about uh, another one about Star Trek music. I did one a long time back about Trek music, and I want to do a follow-up to that, uh, talking a little bit more about the uh, various Trek music, m- maybe more into the movie music. But I may change that idea in the, in the interim, but just keep an eye on the forums and the main website for an update of what's coming up on Treks and Sci-Fi. So with that, uh, signing off, signing off for today for this podcast and from Rockford, because like I said, the next time I talk to all of you, I'll be back home and back in my man cave in the rico cave with all my stuff and we're going to get back to doing some collectible reviews jeff jedi jeff on the forums had a good idea he said that you should celebrate your uh return home and return to a uh, uh, you know michigan with an with a nice new collectible and uh i've been eyeing a few things uh, they've got this uh, uh efx has got this reveal uh luke uh, return of the jedi lightsaber a little more money than i really wanted to spend right now but uh it's pretty nice. They did sell out on their website, but there are some secondary uh, websites you can pick it up on still and pre-order it. Uh, one of them that's pretty good for those that are into collectibles is Redford Films. You, if you know about that, or maybe you don't, Redford, uh, R-E-D-F-O-R-D, Films, all one word, dot com. It's a pretty good place to pick up uh, a lot of collectibles and, and some pretty nice things, so check that out. Uh, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. And I've got collectibles at home that I've never reviewed, uh, believe it or not, still. So we'll get back to that on upcoming Treks in Sci-Fi right here. I'm going to finish the show with a little bit of music. There's a video up over on YouTube and other places. Uh, it's uh, Just search for Tonight I'm Fracking You. <laughs> this is a cool video. It's very geeky. Lots of people and, and, and celebs and, and, and stars that you'll notice from different shows like Big Bang Theory and Knights of the Guild and, and um, or the Guild I should say and uh, the uh, it, it's just really cool. It, it blends there's um, uh, various elements that they mention in the song from Trek and from 
uh, Star Wars and, and, and all kinds of sci-fi properties and, and geeky subjects. It, it's really fun. I'll give you a little taste of the music for the video, but you really got to see the video. So check it out over on YouTube uh, and as soon as you can because it's a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, with that, I'm signing off. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the show, and I will talk to you again in about two weeks from Michigan. Bye. And that's one fine skin job on you. Baby, a pine. My Vulcan logic tells me it's time to groove. Across the Federation, my Jedi inclination tells me that I am a suitable mate for you. We love next generation. Next Fox over PlayStation. It's time that I tap from your manacle. Cause tonight I'm fracking you. Whoa. You know that tonight I'm fracking you. Whoa, you know. Are you Gwen Stacy? My spidey senses, I chew my web all over you. I'm no Ferengi. I drop more Queen than Mario on mushrooms. Your Dharma education, DeLorean transportation. Res my engine to warp speed like Mr. Sulu. Fireflies cancellation, hurt like contamination. So come and work me and say now, no, no, no. Cause tonight I'm fucking you. Whoa, you know that tonight I'm fucking you.